You're listening to the Wedding DJs Podcast, show number five, Budgets. Hello once again, this is Frankie, and today we are going to be talking about budget and how to prioritize your wants and needs for your wedding. And I'm back too. This is Chad, and I'm going to be chiming in. We've uh, actually performed this uh, this same show live at uh, one of our venues yesterday, so we wanted to share all of the information that we did during that presentation as well as some of the points we were unable to touch upon uh, regarding putting together a budget for your wedding. First of all, the most powerful thing about a budget is not about the amount of money you have to work with, but it's about figuring out your wants and needs and putting your money to work wisely. Whether you have $5,000, $25,000, or $105,000, you can afford the wedding of your dreams. So let's first look at where your budget comes from. The three sources I have for budget income comes from gifts, usually your parents, grandparents, somebody gives you a large sum of money to attribute to your wedding funds, or you can save up. You can put all of your money into one general credit card account or a separate savings account, allowing you to accrue it, and you'll have some idea towards the end of how much money you will have overall. Um, And the third option is a registry. Now, there are online registries where people that you invite to the wedding can contribute funds to pay for the wedding. And this is usually in lieu of uh, giving you a gift. So if you don't want to unwrap a present on your wedding day, but you do want to have a glorious wedding day, then um, it might be a good idea to open up uh, a registry account. Uh, two that I've run across are WeddingGreen.com and WeddingPalace.com. So check those out. Now, we've got our source of budget. Now we need to figure out uh, what our needs and wants are. The best way to do this is to find a nice, quiet spot where you can sit down and make a list. Make a list of everything you want your wedding day to include. You want to mentally walk through your day and figure out who you want, where you want them, down to the last detail of their attire and what you want them to be wearing. Then somewhere on that list, there's going to be a breaking point and you can draw a line which would separate one portion from another. Now, this point on the top has just become your must-haves. These are the things that are vital to the success of your wedding, the things you do not want to compromise on, and you know that if it doesn't happen, then the wedding's probably not going to be as glorious as you had first hoped. Now, somewhere down further on that list, there will be another point where you can draw a line. The midsection now is your want-to-haves. It'd be nice to have, but you know what? It, it's not crucial. The bottom portion is your, yeah, it'd be nice if I could squeeze it in. So now you've got your three sections. Top is your must-haves. The mid 
is your want to haves, and the bottom is your nice to have section. And it's okay to make adjustments. You can swap places of, of things, um, but now you have an idea as to the priority in which to purchase your vendors. The third element we need to figure out is our guest list. What is our count? How many mouths are we going to need to feed? How many chair covers? How many table linens? So let's go ahead and get out another sheet of paper and start making a list of everybody you want to attend your wedding. You may also want to include your vendors should you be feeding them at this time and count them certainly as a head. Now, of that entire list, you can anticipate 80% to, to be at your wedding. So it's not crucial you have an accurate account of folks that you want to be there, but you have some idea and, and we can start crunching numbers. So what do services really cost? Depending on the area you are going to have your wedding at, um, vendor pricing varies quite considerably. So now it comes to time that we need to start shopping for vendors. To help make this a little bit easier, we've actually put together a list of vendors and approximate average prices in our area for a variety of different services and broken it all out into a nice Excel spreadsheet. So for those of you who would like to access this form, we will have it posted on the, pod sh on the podcast show notes page, uh, which is podbean.theweddingdjs.com. And go to show number five, and you can take this form, and it'll make it a lot easier as you start putting some of these numbers together. This spreadsheet will help you get an idea as to what things cost, and then we can apply that to our lists. So the first thing we want to do is focus on fulfilling that top section of our must-have list. And see how far your starting budget will spread. You may have to make more adjustments uh, to one or both your lists. Your guest count it has a great variable. If you start decreasing the quantity of people at your wedding, your prices will go down dramatically. So the first thing you want to take a look at is your guest count, see how it applies to your funding, and then um, all the while making sure that your priorities are being met. Now you want to start shopping for your vendors. Uh, and something to keep in mind with anything in life and everything in life, whatever it is you're shopping for, there's always three uh, major components to think about. You've got great quality, excellent customer service, or a cheap price. And the fact of, the, of life is you can only pick two. So let's take, for example, buying a nice coach bag. You've got great service when you go to the coach store. You've got an excellent product, but it's going to be expensive. You're going to pay for it. Um, let's take that same coach purse and we'll go to Marshall's or one of these discount outlet type stores. You've still got the great quality, but the service is definitely not going to be as exclusive as it would at, you know, say a Nordstrom or an actual coach uh, store. Uh, but the advantage is you're going to save on price. And then finally, uh, let's say you just wanted to get a knockoff coach bag. You might get okay service because you're probably buying it on the street, but the uh, quality is going to suffer. Uh, but ultimately, you're going to get a good price on that. So really think about this. If you really want to have excellent service and quality, you are going to have to pay more than what you'd probably expect to pay. And when you think about customer service, these are things that I think uh, there's a lot to relate to it. Are the, uh, is this vendor going to show up on time? 
do they do a lot of weddings and do they treat this day as it's it's the most important day in your life as it is in theirs are they traveling a long distance could they potentially be stuck in traffic and are they going to leave early just to make sure that they're going to be at your event at the time that they promised to be at. These all fall under the service category and whether the company is going to provide great service. Uh, ultimately, there's a lot of companies out there, especially in this industry, I think, that provide excellent quality, but uh, because it may be their second job and they're not a full-time uh, vendor for the wedding industry, their service does seem to lack. They might not respond to phone calls right away or emails and uh, ultimately are difficult to get a hold of. So these are all things to keep in mind. So how do you find a great vendor? Well, I think that the number one way to go about researching vendors is to talk to the ones that you already know you're going to work with. Your venue has definitely got somebody there, and they've worked with vendors of all sorts. Your photographer is another great source. In fact, probably one of the best sources. Um, photography is definitely one of the more expensive vendors that you pay for for a wedding because those are the memories that you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life. So your photographer has most likely attended every single type of wedding that's out there from um, extremely low cost and low budget uh, to the high exclusive weddings. And, and you've seen all those samples because that's why you hired them. And chances are pretty good. They have a few vendors they love working with. Um, so your photographer is probably one of the best sources to get a good, honest opinion about uh, good vendors that they like to work with. Uh, look for a local wedding association in the area that you're getting married, uh, especially if you are doing a destination wedding. Look that area up and see if there's a wedding association. Any wedding vendors who absolutely love their job and, and uh, really work in the wedding industry are most likely going to pay the small dues, the annual dues, to remain listed on this site. And the chances are pretty good that everybody on that wedding association have probably worked together quite a few times. And uh, you're going to get that great synchronicity of vendors that work together. And uh, lastly, if you're looking for uh, um, referrals, talk to friends and relatives of people that have been to weddings and said, oh my gosh, you've, you've got to get this caterer. They made the best food or this cake baker is one of the best cake bakers around. And um, obviously word of mouth is really, really one of the best ways to find some of the best vendors out there. Um... Uh, once you are shopping around, you're looking at these vendors, something, things to keep in mind is take a look at their website. First of all, do they have a website? And if they don't, how come? Most everybody out there should be really proud of their company and willing to uh, present it in a, in a really nice, beautiful way. And if they do have a website and it looks like it was done by a four-year-old, that'll tell you something about their company. But if they've got a nice website that's easy to navigate with good information, maybe some great photos of them in action, uh, or events that they've been at, that's going to tell you a lot more about that vendor, that they really, really love what they do and uh, are probably going to be a good choice for you. Check their social media. Uh, are they on Facebook um, or LinkedIn or other social media networks out there? And are they current? Uh, was the last picture they posted a month ago, a week ago, a day ago, a year ago? These are things that you want to keep in mind and look out there. How current is uh, the information on their social media? Check Yelp, obviously. People love leaving good reviews on Yelp. Uh, they love leaving bad reviews. It's, it's definitely uh, going to be a mix when you start finding some of your vendors. Great vendors might have some bad reviews. You might have just had uh, a former bride that uh, might have had maybe uh, an experience that could have been avoided, and they are venting. But just keep that in mind. Uh, take reviews, uh, obviously, with a grain of salt. Ultimately, if you are concerned, talk to the vendor and say, you know, I did notice you had a bad review. Can you tell me something about that? 
and really listen to their response because these are things that are going to be important to vendors that really, really have a passion for their craft. Also on Yelp, uh, keep in mind at the very bottom of the list, there is a button you can click on to read filtered reviews. Because of the different algorithms that Yelp uses to actually post their reviews online, there are definitely some good legitimate reviews that did end up uh, getting filtered. Uh, usually it's people that don't post a lot of stuff on Yelp. Uh, that end up in the filtered section. So you'll find some good reviews, you'll find some bad reviews, but at least it's worth checking out. Uh, and lastly, sites like WeddingWire definitely have some great reviews, but just be aware that paid advertisers on those sites have the ability to delete bad reviews. That's just kind of an advantage. So if they're listed and it's a free listing and they're not a, uh, a platinum member or paying a monthly fee to be on those sites, their reviews uh, will be legitimate. Next, what you're going to do is take all these prices you've gotten from all these vendors, and you're going to start to categorize them and place them on your papers of your must-haves, your would-like-to-haves, and your need-to-haves. And you can kind of start separating them by price, sort of uh, good, better, best. And you definitely want to lean the higher cost items to the items you must have, and the lower cost items you can start applying toward the things that would be nice to have or things that you'd like to have. That will give you added flexibility when it comes to the quality of wedding you want, and it give you some diversity as well. Let's say, for example, you've done a few tastings with some caterers, uh, and you've said, all right, I've got three caterers I absolutely love. Um, this one was, you know, X amount of dollars, and this one was another amount of dollars. And you went ahead and said, all right, let's go ahead and just apply the highest plate price for food because food was really important to me. And let's also say you called around, you got some prices on DJs or let's say a photo booth. And you've got some photo booth pricing and, and definitely have a, um, uh, a, a range of prices. So the photo booth was something you listed on would be nice to have. So take the lowest price that you've got for the quote on the photo booth and, and uh, go ahead and place that down on your nice-to-have list. You can always move it, you can always change it, but, uh, and then of course, if it becomes more important to you, maybe you wanna go with uh, one of the higher-priced photo booths because they probably offered you different options or things that you'd like to have, or maybe more time. You can always add more time uh, to, a, to the rental of the photo booth. Right, and there are also uh, packages that you will encounter between all of your vendors. Uh, I know a lot of DJs have photo booths that they can package together. Your photographer might also have a photo booth they can tie together. If you are into decorating, uh, you can go to Etsy and buy your uh, decorations decorations there, or you can um, really put forth a, a larger budget into your draping and lighting. Which might come through your florist or your DJ. and uh, They or... usually cross... Quite a bit. They do cross, or uh, like caterers will often offer bartending services, or or uh, include the cake service, include the cake serving, or even cake baking service. So yeah, talk to the vendors that you've you've really really uh, found that you like, and ask them, hey, what other services do you offer, and can you bundle them together for bigger savings? You might find that something on your would like to have list might end up not costing all that much because you bundled it with a company that also offers it as a service. So this kind of leads us into how to make the most of your budget. And um, a great point of savings happens to be booking your wedding on an off day. An off day is a Thursday, Friday, or Sunday. You'll probably find your greatest savings if you book on a Thursday. And hey, yes, yeah, so what? It ends up being right in the middle of the week. But who doesn't want the excuse to have a three-day weekend? 
we're actually seeing in our business in California a huge rise in the number of Thursday weddings. And I, and on average, I mean, I'm seeing and hearing about savings in excess of 20%. So uh, that very quickly changes a $20,000 wedding to a $16,000 wedding just by changing the day of the week and giving all of your guests a three-day weekend. Not to mention your airline tickets because for your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So that A lot of great advantages to just moving the day from Saturday. And and definitely there's there's plenty of weddings on Fridays and Sundays. And some might offer discounts, some may not. Uh, your venue, definitely. Those are where your discounts come in. Um, afternoon weddings, if you don't want to go into the evening, often save you money. Going with a luncheon menu versus a, uh, a dinner menu is going to save you money. Yes, you can even have a dessert reception. Start that it a little bit later and, and just offer like maybe dessert bars, but have entertainment. Uh, and uh, you don't need the room for as many hours. You don't need uh, a full service menu. Uh, you've just got more of a serve yourself type uh, atmosphere. There are a lot of corners that can be cut. And when you are thinking of cutting your guest count, you might want to really take a hard look at your bridal party. If Just think of how much more you spend per bridesmaid or per groomsman as opposed to a guest. You now are responsible for their dress, their shoes, their jewelry, their hair, their makeup, their tux, their transportation. There's a lot, and their lodging, and there's a lot that that can accumulate there. Oh, not to mention the gifts that you're going to give them. So do take into account your bridal party and uh, know that when you thin that down, you might be taking nice little chunks out of your budget as well. The other thing is the vendor packages, and we we hit that already. So what I'd really like to talk about now is give you the things that should raise the red flags, and um, ultimately you should avoid. The things to avoid when shopping for wedding vendors. Um, we've worked hard at this list. We've talked to and met with several companies out there in this industry And these are really, really the things that I think Frankie and I, this is absolutely a personal list. We want to share it with you because these are things to look out for, uh, especially when you're shopping for items in the wedding industry. So Frankie, go ahead and start with the first one. First one is obviously spreading your budget too thin is going to make for a less than wedding. Imagine making a cake and not having enough flour to make the cake work and bind and be together yeah it's gonna be a nice tasting chocolate soup (laughs) (laughs) but it's not going to grow and ultimately be what you had expected it to be so don't spread your budget too thin don't cut corners where they really shouldn't be cut Um, go back to your cake don't order a cake for 50 people when you've got 150 guests on your list and said well some people just might not get cake Uh, that's not a place to cut back You definitely want to make sure that you've allocated a reasonable budget for the most important parts of your wedding. You don't want to sacrifice the things that you really want in your wedding. As I said earlier, the crucial things really need to be paid attention to. So don't sacrifice what you want. You deserve it. Yeah, if it's entertainment, make sure you allocate enough money to get a reputable entertainment company. If it's food, make sure you allocate your money to a licensed a qualified chef-run catering company to, to get the best food, or if it's the venue, make sure you you know allocate the funds to venues that are that are uh, have great staff management, have excellent reviews, and and 
you know, all their pictures that you're seeing are showing up and that's what you want your wedding to look like. You know, don't, don't skimp on the important ones. Especially the photographer and videographer. They're the ones that are going to remind you of your wedding day because brides, you are not there a hundred percent of the time. You don't know what the flower girl looks like walking down the aisle. You might look at the back of her, but you don't know what her face is doing. And yeah, so these, these memories are all captured on film. So don't scrimp on your photographer. So let's say I'm doing a little shopping online, Frankie, and I say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to Craigslist because they sell everything on Craigslist. Is that a good idea? <laughs> I don't think so. Why is that? Well, you know, I have to admit it. We did kind of start our first six months on Craigslist oh, sure. with, with a little ad. Getting Every, everybody has to start somewhere. But what you'll typically find on Craigslist are weekend warriors. You'll find folks that have a nine-to-five job and during the week, but the weekends are free. So they'll throw all their equipment in the car and show up at your event and may or may not have all the components that they require to run an event. They might forget the extension cord, the wire for the microphone. They're just not on top of their game. You really want to get a seasoned professional that has made this their livelihood. And if their livelihood relies on it, their reviews, their reputation will, will as well. And you will continually get the best performance out of that vendor. It's kind of the old the old adage that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, we have a, a great friend of ours, a photographer who does advertise on Craigslist. And she's not inexpensive by any means. But she is using it to help get the searches and the finds. But I think what we're trying to say is, you know, if you go on Craigslist and say, hey, look, I found a photographer for $100 an hour, and they're going to give me all my pictures, and it's going to be great. <clears throat> it's time to kind of raise the red flag and, and uh, in your head and say, well, you know, boy, that seems a little too good to be true. Why is it so inexpensive? And, you know, that's your answer, as you said. You know, the chances are it's probably not their full-time job. Um, they probably have not invested thousands of dollars into professional photography equipment they might be shooting with, um, you know, less than professional equipment. They, um, you know, these days it seems like everybody who has a computer uh, and a camera can either be a DJ, a videographer, or a photographer. So make sure you see the samples and uh, before you move forward. Because, hey, you know, there are good deals out there. There's great deals out there. Well, hey, our photographer was free. But look at all the pictures right. that were taken of our wedding. Our, our pictures are horrible. We don't even like looking at them. No, because they were all shot upward. So, so we learned our lesson by through experience. <laughs> and looking at too many pictures of our nostrils. Absolutely, yeah. If your photographer's down low shooting up, you got, you got to start asking questions. He's got problems. So we should have invested. It was my dad. Don't let her get away with that. <laughs> dad, we love you. <laughs> But I would certainly, in hindsight, would have hired a professional photographer to make sure I got the images um, that I could share with my children. So kind of staying off Craigslist, or if you do, uh, just buyer beware. Um, yeah, go back to those reviews. The next place you would probably like to avoid is the major convention-style bridal fairs and bridal shows. Uh, these are the P.T. Barnum standing on a soapbox, shoving brochures in your face, and it's re just ridiculously overwhelming to anybody who has ever wanted to throw a wedding and has no idea how to do it. When you walk into this place, it's, it's horrible. It's like Comic-Con for weddings. If, uh, it's, it's unbelievably oh huge. It's crowded. It's difficult to hear. You've got uh, 
real uh, loud DJs that are screaming on on PA systems. You've got uh, fashion shows that are trying to happen and uh, so much stuff going on. It's like a three-ring circus, and every vendor there is hungry, and they are just fiending to get back the money that they spent to be at that show, which in many cases is well over $1,000, and they're going to get that money back by making you give them a deposit on-site and booking them right then and there, and this is absolutely something to be avoided. They will use every fear tactic known to man. Like, uh, oh, you're getting married on the 24th. Well, I, you know, there's, uh, we're, we're almost, you know, looking at another bride right now that's going to book on that same day. So uh, if you guys want the day, you know, you better put your deposit down now because uh, they were going to let me know tonight if they're going to book it. Or all of our DJs are already booked out for that day, but we've got one left. I mean, if you'd like to have Tom, you know, Tom's actually able to, to do our wedding right now. Um, these are red flags, and if you're not professional salesman, you need to be aware that these are tactics that are used. If you've ever bought a car, um, the whole good cop, bad cop, you know, well, let me take this to my manager and see if I can make it work. Uh, you know, don't, don't ever hand your credit card and hard-earned money over the phone uh, until you've really had time to, um, I guess, what is it, analyze that quote and that bid, and you've had a good opportunity to really speak with that vendor uh, and maybe even former brides, but whatever you do, don't hand your money to anybody at a bridal show, and don't uh, don't give them your credit card over the phone during the very first phone call. My favorite is, oh, we have this coupon; it's expiring, or <laughs> get it now; it won't be available tomorrow. Right. I and mean, the truth of the matter is, we are all small businesses. Even and, the big ones are small businesses, and they're running it out of their. They might have an office they rent, but they're ask any vendor that you have if they have an office that you can come visit most of them will insist on meeting you somewhere or coming to your home so do not buy into the get it now or lose it situation it if works for nordstrom it works for target but you know what these guys are multi-billion dollar companies and when their coupons expire their coupons expire but if if truly any small company in the wedding industry wants to say, hey, we've got a coupon and it expires at midnight, just say, well, if you won't honor that price uh, and give me time to think about it, then you are absolutely the wrong vendor for me. Thank you for your time. It, it speaks volumes when the focus of your conversation is how to book the job, how to get the deposit. It tells you that they're hungry for the money, they care more for the money and booking the date than you and your wedding. They don't have the passion or the drive to invest in you. They want you to invest in them. So you are in control. Don't be bullied or taken advantage of. And at the same time, you know, don't buy blindly. Don't just pick up the phone and say, you know, they have a nice website. Let's just book them. Uh, do your research. Uh, there's a lot of great websites out there for a lot of bad companies. <laughs> And you know. when you buy blindly, you know, you run across the first thing. Oh, look, it's a photo booth. I Granted, you don't have your photographer, your caterer, or your DJ yet. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give this guy $1,500 for, for the photo booth because that's what I know I really want to have. Well, it's not as high up on my priority list. I don't know about your list of priorities. But if you end up spending that extra money, you might get to the end of your budget, get closer to your wedding day and realize that you can, you could have had this other photo booth that gave you the same, if not better service and value. 
for a cheaper price. Half as much and maybe seven fifty and you could have applied that seven fifty. To your decor or to your dress. Centerpieces or or something that was much more important. So don't just start out the gate purchasing. Really go into it wisely. Make your list, know your numbers, and um, be flexible. Wanna wrap this one up? Yep. All right. So ultimately we can go back to the uh, the old saying that failing to plan is a plan to fail. And that's absolutely true when it comes to a wedding. Uh, chances are you're probably spending a lot of money, uh, maybe more than you've ever spent on any single event in your life. And this is not the time to go into it blindly. Take your time. Get yourself a big three-ring binder. Save everything. Save all your sheets. Take notes. Ask lots of questions. Um, if you're really concerned, speak with former brides that have... Um, that they'd give you the phone numbers to. Or at least call one if they give you a couple phone numbers or emails. Uh, it's it's worth doing the homework if you're a little concerned in your area. Um, every area is different. So, uh, But if you plan to fail, by failing to plan, you're probably going to spend 20% more than you originally anticipated with your budget instead of either hitting your budget or even coming under. Because remember, if you come under budget, you've got more money to spend on your honeymoon, put towards your house together, a new apartment... Uh, maybe buy a car. It depends what your budget's working on. So, um, you know, maybe a 150-person over-the-top wedding isn't what you really want. What you really want is just a steak dinner for your friends and family, and you really wanted to go to New Zealand for two weeks for your honeymoon and go bungee jumping and and uh, running around the island. So these are all things to consider and think about. So to summarize, you can have the wedding of your dreams. As long as you're flexible in your priorities and your guest count, and ultimately your dreams can come true. So don't give up hope once you start seeing these numbers pop up or get off the phone with your vendors. It's going, it's going to be okay. You've made it this far in life. You didn't have a full plan for it so far, but somehow you made it, and tomorrow will take care of itself as well. So pretty much the same type of animal. Just breathe, relax, and know that it will happen. All you need is a bride, a groom, and a ring, and you have a wedding. That's all you need. Thanks for joining us. If you would like to find out more information about our webcast, or I'm sorry, our podcast or any other information, we're available at podbean.theweddingdjs.com or on iTunes, The Wedding DJs Podcast. Look forward to talking to you soon, and happy, happy planning. planning.